Welcome, 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 welcome. So glad to have you join the Tear Talk podcast today. I am excited about today's topic because it's a phrase that I have been using for so many years. I don't even know when I started it, but I'm always talking about the power of the pen. And it's interesting because I actually made a decision this week that I'm going to do a webinar on the power of the pen come November, but we'll talk about that a little more later. Now, I know for some of you who have been <laughs> listening to this podcast, you're probably like, I have never met somebody who loved writing as much as this young lady on here talking. Believe you me, you're not the only one who thinks that way. But I have found so much power in and through my pen. Now, today I'm going to share a unique side of the power of the pen. There's so many facets to this, but I'm going to talk about the facet that my webinar will be about. And it's going to be the power of the pen for grief and for healing. And as I was thinking about this podcast today, I was reminded of how I have used my pen in so many ways, but one of the greatest ways for me is as a memorial and as a place of being able to honor people. Now, I have a gift when it comes to writing and that I understand and I have been able to write poetry on a dime. If you give me a topic in five minutes, I'll come back with something written for you. And I would write poems here and there, but I remember um, my pastor who I grew up with in Florida, who's my grandfather really, he had a huge milestone coming up in his life. And we were doing a surprise service for him. He'd always talked about how many years he had been in ministry, but he never gave us the date. But one Sunday while he was talking, he mentioned the date and said that that would represent 50 years. I believe it was 50 years of ministry at that time. And once we heard it, it's like, okay, we have to put something in place. We have to plan something for him um, and surprise him. And um, my parents and I were part of the planning committee. And my dad was like, we need to have a poem. And it was an interesting situation and trying to get that done. But my dad came home and he was like, Shani, I want you to write the poem. And I was like, okay, give me the title. And he said, for such a time as this. So I went back onto the computer and 10 minutes later, I came back with the poem for my grandfather slash pastor for such a time as this. And I think that that is still probably one of the most unique poems that I've ever written because I actually took his life story and put it in the poem. He had a very unique story. He didn't find out until after he was married that his mom, when she was pregnant with him, she was in so much pain. 
um, to the point of considering options. And one morning, while she was in pain, an angel opened the roof of her house and told her that the baby that she was carrying was special. And that was him. And he had shared that story with us. So that's how I started off the poem, talking about how, you know, the angel opened up the roof, all those things saying that he was definitely born for such a time as this. And I went through his military career. I went through his ministry. And the reason why I say there's a power in the pen in this regard is when I when I read the poem, it literally caused an uproar and a standing ovation when I finished to the point it was shocking. And I even had the poem written on scroll paper for all of his family members so they wouldn't just hear it, but so they could take it home with them. And that pretty much started for me the way that I would write poems and scroll paper (laughs) because I felt as though it was a record. And in Habakkuk 2, it says 2 and 3, it says um, part B, it says write, and this is the Amplified version, it says write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon tables that everyone who passes by, who passes, may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. So my ability to first record the poem itself um, allowed me the opportunity to share it, which then allowed an opportunity for other people to be blessed by it. So that's three levels of the power of the pen. Another thing that I did that it was something that I'd never seen and it was something that I'd never heard of before, but in 2015, I did a journey and I called it my journey jewels. Now, for those of you who have been following me from some, for some time, you know that I was born and raised in Florida. Then I lived in Chicago for eight years. And now I've been in California for nine years. And I have had people come in and out of my life who have been blessings that are immeasurable. And they have poured into me. They have um, helped me through my healing journey. They have been so pivotal at different aspects of my life and my journey to where I felt as though I needed to honor people. And my birthday is on November 22nd. So from November 1st to November 22nd, every day for 22 days, I honored a different person. And I called them my journey jewels. And I had no idea that in from 2016 to 2021, that I would lose five of those jewels. So when I talk about the power of the pen, 
my willingness to honor through my words allowed those who are no longer with me to have heard my heart concerning them in a very unique way without it being a birthday, without it being an anniversary, without it being a special moment for them. It was me using my pen in a very unique but powerful way to honor those who have been instrumental in my life. And I enjoyed, I had it all, I had it all listed out, all the names for 22 days. I had pictures to match um, each dedication that I wrote. And I had people who started to look forward to it because at first, you know, the first few days, it's like, okay, this is really nice. Like how long (laughs) is this going to go for? And I, for 22 days, I honored, of course, I honored my parents first. I honored my leaders. I honored my godparents. I honored women who have been like a big sister to me. I honored people who um, in ministry had poured into me and some of the people I honored I hadn't spoken to in years, but even though I wasn't in quote unquote communion or communication with them when I was doing the dedication, they still had the right to know the role and the instrumental um, place um, that they played in my life in a season. I think that that's another power of the pen is that it timestamps things and it allows things to be established. Um, Even if you're no longer in communication with people, you can still write something that establishes that they played a part and they played a role and they were instrumental and that you're thankful and that you're grateful. And I also have used my pen in a powerful way because when for the five journey jewels that I had that have now passed away, when I would have conversation with them on the phone, I would always be taking notes. And it's funny because I would have all these sheets of paper like all over my bed. Whenever I would see their name pop up on the phone, I would put I would look for a pen or a notepad. I really hated driving when they were <laughs> on the phone with me because I couldn't take notes. And that is so instrumental, <laughs> excuse me, and so beautiful for me because I was able to record their words. I was able to record their heart. I was able to record their prayers. I was able to record their thoughts concerning me. And though they are no longer in the earth, their words are still here with me. Their thoughts are still here with me. Their prayers are still here with me. I don't know if I've said this on any of the podcasts, but I started journaling um, seriously in 2005. Um, That's when I started. And around 2006 is when it became a daily practice for me. So my whole life is recorded from 2006 up to present day. So 
I have the words, the prayers, the thoughts of those who are no longer here. I have it written and those words are still alive and they're still active. If I pulled out my 2009 journal right now and I saw the names, I would not only, when I read it, I would not only see it, but I would hear it in their voice. And sometimes I would even remember when that took place. And the five journey jewels that are no longer here with me. Um, the first one, her name is Prophet Cheryl Unger. And um, what I loved about Prophet Cheryl Unger is she was such an encourager. And I remember that every time we would talk, she would say, Mashani, you're going to live a Habakkuk one and five life. God's going to work a work in your day that you wouldn't believe though would be told to you. And she would quote that verse consistently. And she was just such a jewel. She was very refined. She was very polished. And um, she was also extremely discreet. Like no one knew how close me and Prophet Cheryl were until they saw me fly in from California to attend her services. But she would speak so much life and she would pray some of the most beautiful prayers. And because of the power of the pen, those words weren't lost. Those prayers weren't unheard. And they also weren't lost because I would sit there and write while she was talking. So she is recorded. <laughs> Um, the other, uh, so I lost uh, Prophet Cheryl in, 20, in 2017. She was the first. And then um, I lost uh, Elder Prophet Antoinette Anderson, and I will always call her Elder Tony. And uh, Elder Tony... Um, connected to me through writing because the ministry that we are part of, I was, that's when I had been a scribe, but that's when it really got activated to a whole nother level. So I would literally stand in the middle of service while every, even throwing praise and worship. And I would record everything verbatim as it was coming across the pulpit. And I remember she told me she had watched me for, for a couple of Sundays. And it's like, what is this girl doing? What is she writing? <laughs> and then she realized, oh my goodness, she is recording the word of the Lord. She is recording the song of the Lord. She is recording everything that is happening in this service. Oh my gosh. And we had a moment when we met and it was instant instant heart connection, instant weaving of hearts and spirits. It was just absolutely amazing. And it was the same thing with Prophet Cheryl. And she actually was the one who called me to let me know that Prophet Cheryl, um, her daughter called me to let me know the minute they heard that Prophet Cheryl passed, she called. And then sadly, the next year we lost her. 
And just like Prophet Cheryl with Elder Tony, when we would be on the phone, I would be taking notes. I have so much Elder Tony said, Elder Tony said, Elder Tony said <laughs> in my journal. Just like I got Prophet Cheryl said, Prophet Cheryl said, Prophet Cheryl said all throughout my journal. And I treasure, I treasure that I have their words. I treasure that I have their wisdom. I treasure that I have their thoughts. And I treasure that I have their prayers. The next one is um, probably the hardest. And I'll be doing a more in-depth um, Paris uh podcast about this one and that is my my former apostle um apostle jason guerrero um i moved to california and when i moved here i was staying with a friend um at the time and she was attending a ministry and i just i went there but i it didn't feel like home to me and i ended up um the, the church that I had been at in Chicago, the apostle, he came to California and this is the church that he came. So since he was in town, I went to the ministry and um, it stuck with me, that ministry. And um, I ended up going one Sunday and I was just like, this feels like home. And that ended up being um, where apostle Jason Guerrero was the leader, him and his wife, Kathy. Um, they were the leaders of the ministry, and that became home to me for six years. And Apostle Jason had a very interesting personality. If you didn't know him, you would think he was rigid and um, staunch, but he actually was absolutely hilarious. And I was so thankful that God allowed me to sit under his tutelage for six years. And I have volumes of notes um, from his teachings and the level of insight, wisdom, and revelation that he released. I have that recorded. I already told you about my grandfather, um, Dr. Gilbert Sinclair Smith. Uh, I was really saddened because I was trying to surprise him in 2020. So, wait, I'm sorry. So, Apostle Jason passed in 2019. I was trying to surprise my grandfather in 2020 um, by going home for the anniversary. And the week before I was to go, um, COVID hit in March, so I was unable to go, and he ended up passing in November of 2020. But I'm thankful that the poem that I wrote him, and I think that was probably back in 2004. Yeah, that had to have been back in 2003, 2004 when I wrote that poem, and I wrote him multiple poems um, since then. So I was able to record um, my thoughts concerning him and have that established. Um, in this year, uh, 2021, I lost my godmother. 
and my godmother was one of one of my biggest cheerleaders and biggest supporters and she was also the reason why I was trying to get home in 2020 because I really wanted to see her and my godmother I remember one time she was also such an encourager I remember one time I was having to make a hard decision and I was it was really really hard and I was in a really really low place and I'll never forget me and my godmother we got to going back and forth and we had testimony service and by the time we were done both of us was lit a flame and I have so many journal entries my godmother sister how sister how sister how said sister how said because she was always an encourager to me and I was able to have something that allowed me to have her words written as well. Now, the one thing that I am thankful for is that I've always been able to write poetry. And one time when I went home in 2000, I think it was like 2012 or 13, when I went home, I wrote poems for everyone. My sister, my mom, my dad, Elder Howell, Sister Howell, and I think two, I think Elder Smith and Honey, I wrote them poems. So I've written everyone a poem. And my godmother, I'll never forget because I can see it right now. We were at her house and I have, I had them already framed on the scroll paper when I delivered it to them. And I remember I gave the poem to my godfather. I gave him his and I gave my godmother hers. And she was sitting, standing at the end of her, um, of her dining room table. And she held the frame and she started reading. And she said, Rufus, this gonna be read at my funeral. <laughs> And when she said that, you know, we all laughed. That just showed how much she loved the words. But we had no idea that she would leave us so soon. So I wanted to share with you what I shared with her that I was then able to share with all who loved her because my godfather honored her request and allowed it to be in the programs for all who attended her services. So this is the poem that I wrote for Sister Howell, who is actually known as Elizabeth Hankerson Howell. You are a lady of great worth and great price. You're a lady who exudes the essence of a blessed and prosperous life. You are a lady of many talents. You're a lady of many skills. Let everything you do be according to God's purpose and his will. You are a lady who is compassionate. You are a lady who is kind. You are a lady who is always there for others. You are a lady whose heart is genuine. You are a lady who is a victor. You are a lady who is a queen. You are a lady to be honored. You are a lady to be esteemed. You are a lady who is delicate. You are a lady who is a true beauty. You are a lady who is unique 
and walks in confidence and dignity. You are a lady with a mighty call. You are a lady with a powerful gift. You are a lady whose very presence can cause one's constant continence to lift. You are a lady who has made many sacrifices. You are a lady who has poured out. You are a lady with God's favor, which no man can doubt. You are a lady who is a treasure. You are a lady who is a jewel. You are a lady who is fit for the master's use. You are his tool. You are a lady full of wisdom. You are a lady full of love. You are a lady in whom God is pleased. You are one of his beloved. You are a lady who is sincere. You are a lady who is true. You are a lady who gives her all in everything you say and everything you do. You are a lady who is a sister. You are a lady who is a friend. You are a lady who I who on which I have come to love and depend. So I pray that this tear talk has blessed you and allowed you to see just one perspective of the power of the pen. And I pray that the next time that you see that an episode is live, that you choose to press play.